0: And welcome to the Cars Unfiltered podcast. We have the three of us back today again. Uh, Myself, Tom. We have Mike. Howdy, hey. We have Adam. Howdy. And Sal is still on an undercover mission in Mexico, presumably James bonding
1: it up. Actually, he's back in the States now.
0: Oh, they—he they, finished building the wall.
1: I, uh, I think he finished. The, I think he finished inspecting the Mexican side of the wall. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm curious if he has any new takes on tacos.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know that they get uh, tacos in the plant down there. I think it's more just rice and beans.
0: <laughs> that sounds good too, but
1: I do like some rice and beans.
0: Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we have some some uh, hot topics to talk about today.
1: Some hot topics that may or may not put you to sleep or fire you up. One of the two, if, the, if it fires yep. you up, then shoot us a comment.
0: Actually. So this, if this, <laughs> actually, if our listeners are not from Michigan, they probably won't give it. They'll just, their, their solution is just to tell us to move.
1: Yeah. probably. Um, yeah.
0: Yep. So, We'll, we'll we'll try and keep it interesting for the out of michigan people first. So the first topic I thought we could bring up is Tesla. And as uh, usual,
2: Tom's first topic.
0: <laughs> oh man, have I, have I brought that up a bunch of times as a first thing or as a topic? Tesla? I guess I did, didn't I? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so so first of all, I found an interesting YouTube channel called Rich Rebuilds. Two separate words like Rich is the guy's name. And this guy has basically salvaged a Tesla Model S for like $5,000. And he has a whole bunch of videos of him basically like rebuilding this car and using other like donor cars and stuff for parts. And the interesting thing is that apparently like Tesla... has completely disowned this salvaged vehicle and i've seen some salvage model s's on autotrader that i'm like the price point was like pretty good and i was kind of tempted to uh to look into but apparently tesla doesn't do software updates for salvaged cars as far as i know and also it's very difficult to get parts for teslas um from the man, you know manufacturer parts so, well, yeah. They're
1: way behind on production. They need all the parts they can get.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, they for the make Model them 3,
1: themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Um, which kind of leads us to the, uh, the hot topic topic, which is that uh, Tesla's credit rating has been significantly... Um,
1: downgraded.
0: Downgraded, yes. By Moody's, and I don't know if there's a few other ones, but... Uh, But yeah, so does that mean that, uh, you know, Tesla, which is burning about $600 million a quarter or, well, yeah, probably $600 million a quarter now, like they're not going to be able to get a loan to keep going?
1: That, uh, yeah, pretty much. It means they're going to have to pay a lot of interest on any loan that they would be able to secure.
0: Well, I mean, they went from a B rating to a C rating on some of their some of their debt right so
1: yeah but that's a i mean b is already almost junk bond status uh, depending on who you talk to a lot of people consider b3 to to be junk bond status um and to go all the way down to c is uh, they are junk bonds now so that's going to be difficult to uh to secure any loans against whatever their collateral is but an interesting thing is they still have the gigafactory that they can use as collateral because apparently it's a standalone entity from tesla at large
0: is Hmm. the gigafactory profitable
1: no but they can mortgage the gigafactory and its assets (laughs) if they need more money
0: wait but if it's not profitable when how how would they be getting like
1: tom is is your house tom is your house profitable no but well, you could still mortgage it couldn't you
0: <laughs> i could remortgage exactly. it exactly
1: and that's what tesla could do with the gigafactory <laughs>
0: <laughs> who's the the person that would go to assess that and be like yeah this battery factory man it looks like it's appreciated in value oh you're still not making money well that's all right let's refi it anyway
1: well it's not like it's appreciated in value but uh it's a simple case where the machinery is valued at a given price point, and it would probably be mortgageable for ten percent, ten cents on the dollar ish. I doubt it would be able to be mortgaged for the full value of installed uh, equipment.
0: Are you saying that I can go and get a mortgage, like get a loan against my computers and stuff?
1: Uh, if somebody will give you one, probably, yeah. Interesting. Uh, you can get a lo- It's called a pawn shop, Tom. You can get a loan against your computers. Yes.
0: Oh, it's true. Good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so in case there's any uh, semi-wealthy people out there that are interested in taking a speculative bet, um, they could probably go talk to Tesla and loan Tesla
1: some money. Yeah. They're, they're probably looking to take pretty much whatever anybody will give them at this point. But, but yeah. seriously, it, it, so it does not this... bode well for Tesla to be uh, downgraded like that.
0: And you know, you know why, from my perspective, it does not bode well, because if I buy a Tesla, I would want it to last a long time and I would want to be able to repair it for a long time. And if Tesla goes away, I'm not sure how I would keep that vehicle running.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's one of these, uh, that's one of the concerns, I guess, with something like this, because the value many many people will tell you that the valuation of Tesla is built on the hype around Elon Musk and the confidence in him as a essentially as an individual to be able to pull this off right um and and yeah having wall street essentially lose faith in that is a big hit to the consumer
0: right i mean because that's where. So, so the other thing is, I'm not sure what the percentages and stuff. But like Tesla also has a lot of private funding, and so if Wall Street is kind of like running out of favor with them, a lot of their funding options may also be uh, be drying up. Yeah, right. Although I'm not sure what their credit rating history is. Um, but yeah, that might be kind of interesting. Also, too, like, so. Earlier we were talking and I was like, Yeah, so it's kind of weird because Tesla burns like six hundred million dollars a quarter now. I thought because the last time I saw it was like five hundred and some billion or five hundred and some million a quarter that they were burning. But actually as of December two thousand seventeen, their net income is uh negative six hundred and seventy five million. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. So yeah. But their their net change in cash, uh, I'm sorry, um, their net change in cash for that quarter was minus 162 million, and year over year they're down 152 percent for their net cash. Jeez, net change. They're burning cash. How do you? Yeah, how they? Although they have 3.3 billion dollars in cash on hand, so, so. I guess they have a little. So it'll last
1: like a year. Right. So so Maybe what's two. the takeaway here, Tom?
0: Uh, so actually I heard recently too that a lot of people were canceling their Model 3 orders. Um, and I kind of wonder if this will increase that. And if you remember, like the reason, so Model 3 production was a huge part of, you know, Tesla's recent financial story and if they um, it, it, you know they're having a hard time meeting production but if they get to the point where they don't need you know to produce because there's not that many orders that might be a whole different kind of problem yeah yeah for sure so anyway I guess more flamethrowers to well,
1: come my advice would be don't quite go out and reserve a Model 3 just yet yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, but definitely buy a flamethrower because those will probably go up yeah. in value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus, they're just fun. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with a flamethrower. I, I mean, I've
1: never operated a flamethrower, so I can only assume that they're fun. Um, but knowing what I know about fire, aerosol, I would say it's probably fun.
0: Does an aerosol can and a lighter count as a flamethrower?
1: It it throws a flame. I've done that. So yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. I've made napalm before or attempted to.
1: Don't confess all your sins over a public forum like this.
0: Attempted (laughs) is probably a more accurate description.
1: There there we go. Tom allegedly attempted to make an (laughs) napalm once.
0: Right. Yes. And clearly it didn't work enough because I'm not rich from, you know, Silk Road or anything. So, (laughs) Um, (laughs) so anyway, that's, so that's, so if, if you're still tuned in, and uh, you haven't fallen asleep, then uh, we have another attempt where we're going to try and lull you to sleep with our, with our topic. And that is something that anybody in Michigan is, um, is very much in tune with that is a problem, and that is the cost of car insurance. Now, in case anybody didn't know, uh, Michigan, is, I believe, has the highest um, insurance premiums, auto insurance premiums in the nation uh, in a couple areas here. So,
1: yeah. So, just just uh, to get the insurer's side of the story, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about why Michigan's auto insurance premiums are quite as high as they are. What goes into that?
2: <laughs> so, you know, full disclosure, I work in the insurance industry. I've been a licensed producer for two and a half years in Michigan. Um, but, you know, I just I just sell it. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 thing <laughs> is with Michigan, and the reason that they're so expensive is the the state has um, enacted in the seventies a an unlimited um, medical benefit in Michigan. So if you're if you're injured in an auto accident, um, all of your medical bills are covered for the rest of your life as long as it results
1: from that accident. Um, now, but that, but that only kicks in after a certain level, right?
2: Well, no, it's, it's unlimited. The coverage is unlimited. It doesn't kick in at after a certain level. I think, you know, the, the insur- okay, well, how your, much of that
1: does the insurance, right, company pay?
2: your insurance company itself pays up to 550. I think it's 550,000 of those medical benefits. At that point, if you're, if your need exceeds that, it transfers over to the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, which is basically a reinsurer that picks up the tab for you know over and above that. We'll just say half a million mark for uh, simplicity's sake. So, yeah, but, okay, but right. yeah, so your your insurance company, whoever you're, you know, have your insurance through, they're paying the first part of it, half a million bucks. And then over top of that, the uh, you know the the state fund, the MCCA, is picking up the tab. So, you okay. know, we
1: that's, that's interesting. yeah,
2: we are the only state that does that. Um, pretty much every other state that I'm aware of, and I'm going to preface this with the uh, the disclaimer that I'm not licensed in any other state. <laughs> um, but pretty much every other state, you <laughs> know, that I'm aware of, allows you you pick how much medical coverage you want when you sign up sign up for the policy. So whether that's, you know, ten thousand, fifty thousand, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in medical coverage, that's the limit that you choose and that's what your policy will pay up to.
0: And also full disclaimer, I'm not licensed in anything. Well actually I'm barely licensed to drive. So that's as, <laughs> about as far as my
2: licensing goes mike the comic relief has arrived at one, time I was,
1: <laughs> at, at one time i was i was not licensed to drive they took away my license for three months but i've got how I've did got you get i rode a bike <laughs> luckily luckily at the time i was in college so i crashed on a couch for like a month month and a half and rode a bike everywhere
2: yeah. Uh, so, yep. So yeah, this whole this whole thing with the insurance. I mean, this was kind of spurred uh, by an article that Mike sent over um, to us, and I, I think Mike, were you shopping for insurance at the time? What what got you looking into looking into that? Because. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it, believe it or not, I was I was not actually shopping for insurance. I just happened to read uh, the Detroit Free Press on a daily basis because I'm turning into a very old man very quickly, and so I read the newspaper way too much. Um, and they had a they had an article that compares Michigan's auto insurance rates, uh, particularly Detroit Metro's auto insurance rate rates to uh, the city of Cleveland because they have similar demographics, uh, but two different systems, mm-hmm. and so uh it, it's an interesting read i think the article gets a few things wrong but it also brings up some interesting facts right um one of which is that the personal injury protection claim the average personal injury protection claim for michigan last year which would be 2017 was $56,207 and in 2007 10 years ago it was less than half of that at twenty five thousand six hundred eighty nine And now that's for that's for personal injury protection so that's medical benefits the uh, the average collision claim, yeah, tongue twisters here the average collision claim was uh, under four thousand dollars for the same period. So my point with that is to say that the medical benefits portion of a claim is significantly higher than your average, Somebody damaged my car, and I got an offender bender claim, and so that's what the insurance companies, I believe, Adam. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's what the insurance companies are are collecting on your monthly or bi monthly, six monthly premiums when they're charging you for your insurance. It's for the coverage, uh, for for the PIP insurance versus for collision and things like
2: that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the yeah, the majority of it's going to pay for medical bills. Now, that's not to say that, you know, the rates for collision and comprehensive haven't gone up for physical damage. I mean, you know, it it used to be, you know, it used to be somebody rear ended you at a stoplight, you know, you put a new fifteen hundred dollar bumper on your car and you're good to go. Right now, you've got a two thousand dollar bumper cover. You've got ultrasonic parking sensors, a backup camera like, you know, it's the the physical damage themselves it, that costs much more to repair nowadays but so yeah those have gone up but the large majority of it is going to pay for medical claims
1: right and the collision in general should be relatively similar across the united states right nationwide um the cost to repair a bumper on a 2010 raptor should be roughly the same in Florida as it is in Michigan, as it is yeah. in Nevada. Right? $300.
0: Is it
1: $300? Is that what it is, Tom? <laughs> yep, I've been shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that.
0: Mine's rusted out. That, that should be Michigan pretty consistent. The
2: across board. I think you. you're right there. I mean, uh, we're just speculating here because I don't have data to back it up, but I think you're probably right. Um,
1: yeah, right. It, And some of this is speculation on our part, but it it bothers us living all in Michigan. How much less our counterparts across the border pay? Well,
0: well, So okay. So here's a question. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Adam. I was just going to say. So here's a question. So that's a good point, right? So cars. So cars are. There's more aluminum nowadays, right? Uh, Panels and stuff in cars. There's you know, and you talk about steel. Now, we were talking earlier about how insurance companies have to calculate and project what um, they have to pay out, right? Because they have to collect enough to be able to have that money to pay it out for claims. What, the way that they calculate that, they factor in a lot of things, right? They factor in um, CPI, they factor in uh, inflation, um, they factor in a bunch of stuff, right? So how, what effect would these potential like steel and material tariffs have? Like is that something that could show up
1: oh, in yeah, our insurance premiums? For sure, uh, but you're more likely to see that show up. No, um, I, I I retract what I was about to say because yeah, it it could show up, and I'm I'm.
0: You didn't say it. Yet. <laughs> yeah, you I know. I've, retract I retracted.
1: I, I, cha- I I'm changing my my train of thought <laughs> as I'm speaking. I guess.
0: Wait, wait! Did you change your mind in two consecutive podcasts? Y- no. I mean, this was kind of a blip, but oh, <laughs> okay. Well, worth
1: a shot. Um, yes, y- you should start to see. A- you can't yet, right? Like insurance companies are going to try and start to protect themselves, but they don't know what to do with it until uh, a tariff's been announced, right? So they can plan and put in place what they would what they would hypothetically do, but until something is actually formally announced, they really, they really can't, right? Uh, they may cover it somewhere else in like a general increase, right? It's like, well, the average has been four percent and this year we're gonna up at five percent because we think the tariffs and whatnot are gonna go up um, but they won't be able to accurately assess it until you actually see what the level of tariffs are gonna be and from where, but it should show up, yeah, right, yeah, but that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's, again, going to be built in pretty much everywhere yeah. nationwide, right? Whereas the the biggest uh, complaint yeah. that we have here is with the PIP insurance and the fact that up to...
2: Right. Personal yes, injury uh, protection. Up
1: to $550,000 in medical bills are covered by the insurance companies, which means that the insurance companies have to collect a significant amount a significantly higher amount, uh, in Michigan to be able to cover that because think about it, right? Um, okay. Let's say you pay $200. Let's say you pay $500. Okay. Let's, let's give it a realistic number. Let's pay, let's say you pay $1,000 a year. I'm just going to make it simple, make the math simple. Let's say you pay $1,000 a year for insurance in Ohio. Okay. Um, you don't pay for for medical benefits or you pay for the minimum or whatever right let's let's say you opt out of medical so you only you only have uh liability protection right and since it's an at fall state you can have that and that's fine um now let's say that in michigan your auto insurance premiums are five thousand dollars a year okay because you're going to have, let's, let's say it's, you also opt for the lowest level of insurance in, in in Michigan, right? Or in Detroit, let's say Detroit specifically. So you also opt for the lowest level of insurance that you can possibly get. And your base rate is roughly the same, right? Your, your base rate is $1,000, but you have to pay that additional $4,000. And this is completely speculative. Nobody, d- don't... Uh, Don't harp on this point because these numbers aren't going to be exact, obviously. But the point being that the additional $4,000 is going towards that $555,000 that you might tap into one day if you're injured in a crash. Because that's a lot of money to have to tap into uh, or have to pay out that the insurance company has to cover their ass for, right? And you're only going to pay that additional $4,000 a year. So in... In 10 years, you've only paid $40,000, and you could still potentially file a claim for $555,000. So the po- the my point, I guess, being that, obviously the insurance companies are running the statistics on this, but there, there's virtually no scenario where one individual person could possibly pay enough money to cover the benefits that they could potentially receive from the insurance company,
2: yeah. Which,
0: well, I mean that's what insurance is, right?
1: Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of.
0: I mean, this is so. So the thing, so the big different, differentiating factor, right, is because Michigan's PIP is unlimited. Michigan also, I believe, has the highest um, PPI. Um, from what I can tell, like scanning through some of the states and stuff there's a good article on thebalance.com that kind of outlines some of these things michigan has a million dollar um personal property or sorry property protection insurance
2: yeah that, that, and uh that's, so, you know as you crash through a building you or premium, you know i just going knock something that out there knock somebody over you you get charged almost nothing for that
1: yeah yeah
2: well so yeah so then
0: the um so also too to compare Michigan, so Michigan's apparently mm-hmm. has a twenty thousand dollar bodily injury liability per person, a forty thousand dollar bodily injury liability per accident, right. and a ten thousand dollar property damage liability per accident. Um and those those are like kind of the base numbers. And if you compare those numbers to the other states, pretty in line. Like pretty much the same as everywhere else. Um and yeah, the only the only differentiating factor is it looks like are those other two?
2: Um, yeah. So
0: you know the PIP and the right. PPI. So
1: it's,
2: I, I'm just going to throw yeah, this out ahead. there. I'm gonna I'm gonna disclose my own personal stuff for my for my vehicle. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do this just to kind of illustrate what you know what the kind of percentages of the premium are for different coverages. Okay. Now keep in mind, like I said, I'm in the industry. I've got <laughs> I've got to throw a disclaimer out there for it. I always tell people, you could have a twin brother that lives across the street from you, drives the same exact vehicle, and you will have different insurance rates, okay? There's so many factors that go into it, you know, what Tom pays across town from me, what Mike pays in Detroit, what, you know, it really has no bearing what your friend pays. But this is just to illustrate The general thing. So I have a 2007 F 150. Um, The six month rate on my vehicle through Progressive is $735. Okay. That's for six months. Um, Of that, $186 of that premium is for PIP coverage for medical. Okay. And that's with a $300 deductible. So I pay the first $300 of any medical expenses, which the state allows. And then Progressive is on the hook for the next five hundred and you know five hundred and fifty thousand dollars of it. Um, so you know you figure that that's twenty five percent of my premium that Progressive is charging me. Twenty five percent of it's going just to pay for the medical part. Um. I mean that's that's more than any other section of this. Looking at my declarations page, the next in line is the collision coverage on the truck. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, that's. Quite it's, great I great. mean, it's, it's a good chunk.
1: Now, now is that separate from what gets? Is, is that separate yes. from what gets paid into uh, yes. the MCCA, which is what what? Okay, so so on top of that, you have an additional. $170 every six months that goes into um, the I was actually, when we
2: were talking earlier off the air. I was wrong about that. It's another $85 every six months. The one hundred and seventy is a year. So my, yeah. Oh, okay. so okay. It, that's,
1: so your total medical for the year is somewhere in the neighborhood of 225,
2: $230. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you cut out there, but months. yeah, it's basically 270. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Of your total three hundred and sixty some odd of of yeah of
2: my premium. total, in that case it would be. Bear with me just a moment
1: here. Maths are hard.
0: So for the one vehicle, you're paying an extra forty five dollars a month, basically. For the, the Michigan, let's call it the Michigan <laughs> auto insurance um,
2: yeah. tax. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, 45 a month figures figures it out. Um, yeah.
0: For a vehicle that's basically 10 years old, right? Um, and I'm in the exact same boat. Um, right. And I have, but I have three vehicles.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm paying an extra $150 a month for the privilege of living in Michigan and having unlimited, uh, yeah. well, person like injury, and, you know, like a, I have, you know, know, I have two auto injury stuff. I just want
1: to let you guys know that I just want to let you guys know that those rates pretty much double when you come across eight mile.
2: Yeah. And, so, in the, in the you theory, know, they, <laughs> they pretty much double yeah. too. If you go, um, 15 miles to the East of us here and get closer to Flint. You know, I, I worked in a flight office too. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I had I had one.
1: Ben Harbor. No, I had
2: one quote oh, I did for a gal that was, it was a you know the highest possible deductibles I could come up with for state minimum on everything else, and that was a fifteen hundred dollar a month premium, for an Equinox.
1: Yeah. Holy shit! Wait yes. a month? Did you say fifteen hundred dollars a month? Holy yep. shit!
0: So for for another kind of guesstimate, you know, people people trying to figure some stuff out. So I had in what was this in two thousand fourteen, I had a two year old Mustang V six, right? And to ensure that in downtown Detroit, so not even the most like downtown Detroit is no, not and the and most expensive had, place secured, to secure a vehicle uh, parking in facility Michigan. As well. Yep. That was letting them know like all of that stuff too. Right. And like a really low, because I didn't drive it very much, a really low mileage count. And my insurance for that vehicle was $3,000 every six months. So $500 a month to insure it downtown the vehicle. So at that rate in like two to three, in like three years, I'd essentially have, you know, paid for the vehicle, a hundred percent vehicle replacement. Right. And I like, in that is kind of quasi like doable if you're making enough money. But I, uh, I left it in a different location because I like, it didn't make any sense. And even now, like I live in a place that's like arguably pretty cheap to insure in Michigan. And um, I still, I put my, I put the Mustang in storage every year because it saves me. Oh man. I don't even know. Probably four
1: $400. Yeah. I believe that
0: every six months. Or Well, four hundred. I, I bring it out in the summertime, so, but it, it saves me about $400 a year to put it in storage. So, um, one of the things that I found interesting with the MC... Did we, we did explain not. what the MCCA thing is?
1: It is the Michigan oh, so Catastrophic Claims Association, which is essentially the nonprofit um, arm of all the insurers combined, which holds... Uh, The repository of money above and beyond the $555,000 that each insurer would pay out per claim in a pot to be paid out for catastrophic claims uh, as lifetime benefits in perpetuity. So that was that's a lot of that was a lot of big words. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and so that's what we're saying. Like when we were talking about one hundred and seventy dollars from you know each year, like basically goes to this entity that was created in uh, yep. like 19, I believe it's nineteen seventy-eight, uh, Public
1: um, Act one three six. We can't find any information to, on. So if someone has information on that, send it to me.
0: Yeah, so I'm actually um, this week I'm going to try and call uh, the state capitol and see if I can't get a copy of that document because oddly enough. This is like the the origin document for all of the insurance problems in Michigan. And there's no copy of it anywhere on the internet. So um, there's references to it, you know, in recent um, public acts and laws that were passed. But the original document, I could not find a copy of it.
1: You were going to say something about this, though, Tom, before we got sidetracked about not being able to find a copy. Oh.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's where I was going to go with it is that we can't, I can't find like, it's weird to me. So this organization and I know, I know Adam, I think disagrees on this a little bit, but I'm going to put the tinfoil cap back on. It's weird to me that this like on the website for this association, it's Michigancatastrophic.com, I believe. And like no other States that I can find have an organization similar to this. um So it's, it's kind of unique. And the board of directors for this company, for this nonprofit ish um, entity is uh, like all insurance companies. And yeah, it's it's just weird where um, like where, where this all came from and why, why is there no information about how it got started? Right. And who's, who started it? What were the motivations? um, Because it was a gigantic industry that has, you know, possibly like, you know, many billions of dollars that have come out of this bill. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be curious to, be to
1: see what the um, articles of incorporation and what some of the background is in that uh, that public act. So what do you say we shelve this idea or this topic for a week and uh, see if you can come up with something and then we can come back into that and see what we found and maybe so bring up some of the uh, the current ideas that have been Um, kind of bouncing around in the Michigan legislature and particularly in Detroit with Mike Duggan, uh, trying to change some of the uh, benefits levels, which would effectively result in a significantly decreased premium level for um, some, not all, but some Michigan drivers as the proposals currently sit.
0: Yeah, and... Because it's interesting to me, like, this has been brought up a bunch of times. Um, Rick Snyder, like, he said a few times um, that, like, he was willing to, like, look at it and try and, you know, like, he was open to discussing it. And every time that comes up, it seems like it just gets knocked down and it's pretty quiet. Like, it's kind of a little bit of a news blurb when, uh, like, when, you know, people announce, like, hey, they might change it. And then, uh, yeah they and then it just kind of goes away. Yeah, I'd be I mean, curious to see.
1: It. I mean, I know at some point something's going to be done. So, um So, yeah, let's let's see what we can find about that and uh bring it back in next week and see what's what. But uh in in the interest of not dragging this on any further and completely sending all our listeners into uh, a comatose state. Uh what what do you say about a uh an Alcan 5000 update?
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's do that because it appears that we have uh, the uh, the the data gods do not. Yeah,
1: Adam's audio is kind like of dropped off. Adam, on us, which apparently. is not ideal. But so yeah, so the,
0: the, I I don't think he I don't knows. Think so. I don't think he I knows if we. Like I don't think he can hear us right now. Like I, I think we, we could
1: probably. Could. I think we could say weird things if we want to. But I don't to. really have any weird things to say about Adam. He's he's pretty all right in my book. <laughs>
0: I don't, I don't either. I know I'm trying to think of something. All
1: right. All right. Sounds oh, good. If
0: it comes to me, I'll, I'll blurt it out. But go All four ahead. wheels the, all kind of are thing. on the
1: ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All four what? of them. I mean, Wait, they should. Do they turn? They, spin, they spun before I set them on the ground. So I assume so.
0: Okay, well that's that's at least something. There is so a is rear there an axle, axle, axle and there is, is there a there torque a tube axle? that's
1: bolted up and mated to the transmission. Um, there's oil in the transmission, gear oil in the transmission. So uh, if you, yeah.
0: So theoretically, if you put the crank handle in the engine, the front of the engine, yes. and put it in gear, and you turn the crank, it would move. Yes.
1: Whoa. Yeah, that is pretty so that's good. That's pretty good um, progress for um, a couple I've got months. the next couple of days off this weekend. It's a long weekend. It's uh uh Easter weekend. So because of union regulations or union contract negotiations and whatnot, I have Friday and Monday off. So that's gonna give me a little bit of uh, some good time to work on this. Um I think you can think the thank Catholics the union instead of that. the Catholics, but so, yeah, anyway. Oh, wow. Well.
0: All right. You could, you could be a no, gracious person and thank both of them.
1: But yeah, so what, I, what I'm what i going to do this okay. weekend okay. is yeah. I started plumbing in <laughs> the rear brakes today, and I'm going to finish that uh, probably tomorrow morning, early morning. And then I'm going to also plumb up the, uh, the Columbia controls. So I need to find a vacuum, an electrically operated vacuum solenoid because... Oh, no, I have that. I have a vacuum I have Dyson. Vacuum, vacuum solid away, Tom. Um, oh. Oh. But yeah, so I'm I'm going to find one of those. So I'm going to have to do some, some running around to try and find one of those. But uh, I'm going to use that to actuate the Columbia in the rear end for now because I don't want to have to build a manual linkage currently. I'm, I'll do that eventually. But right now I don't want to do that. For ease of simplicity's sake, I'm just going to run it vacuum controlled, which should be fine. And it'll get me running because my fuel lines are already ran and my steering box is rebuilt and I have cab mounting wood. And so I think I'm going to invite one of my buddies over to drink some beer and put the cab on top of the chassis so that I can sit on the gas tank that's in the cab because that's where it was and take it for a spin around the block. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, man, I be think good. that'd be good. That'd, video would Like internal soul content, Tom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. And then you can no, because like, the make room like, vroom, vroom the noises. Gonna, yeah,
1: yeah, okay. The engine's going to room. Why do I it need vroom, vroom noises? It, it yeah, doesn't it kind of really room kind of, though. I've
0: heard it run before. It It, it makes a it's like a, hey, a wheezy nothing, kind of nothing a, wrong
1: with that flathead. That's kind of how they're supposed to sound. Noise. Seven and a half compression. Doesn't, uh, doesn't do much for, for vroom vroom.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's not a lot of snap, crackle, bang kind of, uh, or what's, what's the, uh,
1: snap. I, I crackle can't remember pop? the order. I mean, anyway, yeah, that's right. It's Crispies.
0: No, the, um, yeah. All right, anyway, I don't know. I don't, I I can't, it's from Top Gear, James May said it, and I can't remember what it is, but yeah.
1: But yeah, so so this weekend, I think I may have a a functioning uh, chassis. (laughs) 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 I mean, a running, a a moving chassis, I guess. I can't call it a vehicle, because it's not really going to be a vehicle, per se.
0: Right. Do you have a a VIN? It's how, not a title. how do you, what do you register you one of these things?
1: Oh. I've ever, I got a oh. title. I've got insurance. It's it's all oh, good. Okay. Good. Done. So, yeah. That's my Alcan cool. update. There we go. Okay, right.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think uh, we'll see if we can't go talk to Adam and figure out what happened to uh, his audio. And, uh Yeah. Until next time, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever else you're listening to us on. And uh, subscribe, tell your friends, comment. We'll comment back because that's just the kind of people we are. We're on Facebook. We are on. Uh, we have a website, carsunfiltered.com, And uh, we'll see if we can't find this interesting insurance document and uh, tell, you, then, tell guys. you what we find next week.
2: Drive on.